moving can be hard. You are leaving behind your family, friends, thousands of disappointed fans, and a rundown yet revamped stadium that city taxpayers made you share with your local MLB team. But change can be good. Instead of sharing a stadium with a team that plays baseball, why not accept a hand-me-down from the team that used to be your rival in the AFC? You're probably really confused, and that's the whole point. But you know what else is confusing? The Cleveland Browns relocation controversy. You thought I was going to put an ad in there, didn't you? My name is Daniel Schur, and this is Move the Chains. Ah, Cleveland, the NFL's punching bag. If someone asks you to name a random city in the United States, even if you live in Ohio, you never name Cleveland. In 1995, when for some reason the Spice Girls were more popular than Snoop Dogg and Tupac, the Cleveland Browns owner Art Modell said, I don't want to be in Cleveland. No one's, no one's going to get that joke. Just like Jake and Logan Paul, Art Modell decided it was time to leave Ohio. But where was he going to go? In 1946, the Cleveland Rams moved to LA. He could follow in their hoofsteps. Portland, Oregon doesn't have a team, but they seem to be happy riding bikes and knitting sweaters. No need to bring a disappointing franchise over there. Utah? Yeah, never mind. Where was he going to relocate this franchise? And then, just like that mean kid on the playground in third grade, it hit him. Baltimore. The great city of Baltimore hadn't had an NFL team since the Colts moved back to Indianapolis in 1983, and there's an empty stadium left sitting there. It's perfect, said Art Modell, not thinking about the consequences it would cause in the future. After diligently fighting the legalities, the NFL and Art Modell reached a compromise that would allow the Cleveland Browns, soon to be Baltimore Ravens, to keep all staff, coaches, and players on their current roster and contract. But his team would officially be a brand new franchise. What's interesting about this is that Baltimore Ravens essentially started fresh as the newest franchise in the NFL. But usually when teams are just founded, like the Ravens, they're given the first overall pick in the NFL draft and a chance to draft players from other teams in what is called an expansion draft. Because, you know, usually they don't have any players. That way, the new franchise has a fighting chance when the first season rolls around. But the Ravens weren't granted any of those precious draft picks since they already had a full roster that they carried over from Cleveland, and instead were only given a new stadium, new name, and logo. It was technically just a relocation, but the Ravens were branded an expansion team. But things were going well for the Browns in Cleveland. Why move an entire NFL franchise? And the answer to that is money. In 1973, Art Modell signed a 25-year lease, giving him the power to operate Cleveland Stadium as he liked. At the time, Modell's company, Stadium Corporation, would take care of expenses from the city of Cleveland regarding the stadium. Modell paid $150,000 in annual rent to assume control over the stadium for five years, and afterwards, he would pay $200,000 to the city of Cleveland. But this was actually a sweet deal. Because, in exchange, Modell would receive all of the revenue flowing out of Cleveland Stadium. Modell and his company completely revamped the stadium, bringing in more ad revenue and making the stadium more modern with the addition of an electronic scoreboard. All of this was going so well for Modell. 
Why would you want to change a thing? There's something that Art Modell and a five-year-old with the Tonka truck have in common. They don't like to share their toys. But in this case, Modell's toy is an extremely expensive stadium, and the five-year-old with the Tonka truck is actually a professional baseball team. The Cleveland Indians and Cleveland Browns shared Cleveland Stadium the same way that the Oakland A's and Oakland Raiders shared the Oakland Coliseum. Being an MLB team that isn't affiliated with the Cleveland Browns, the Indians weren't too happy that Art Modell was receiving all of the revenue flowing out of the stadium, and the Indians demanded that Modell pay them a fair share, because a large part of the revenue that the stadium brought in was associated with the MLB team. And just like Megan Trainer, Modell said no. Eventually, city voters persuaded the Cleveland Indians to build their own stadium where they can control all of the revenue that it brought in. Modell thought that his money was safe where it was in Cleveland Stadium and refused to participate in something called the Gateway Project, which was like the Manhattan Project except in Cleveland, and this wasn't tasked with creating a nuclear bomb. What the Gateway Project was, was a plan by the city of Cleveland to build Jacobs Field for the Cleveland Indians and Gund Arena for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Point being, Modell thought his money was safe and it wasn't. Cleveland Stadium lost money. Stadium Corps lost money. And since it was 1994, inflation was skyrocketing and the rest of the US was also losing money. Because the Indians brought in so much revenue, when Modell saw how much money he had lost in the stadium, he got desperate and tried to put a vote on the next ballot that would see Cleveland Stadium receive $175 million worth of tax money to refurbish the stadium. The Browns finished 11-5 that year, with the evil emperor Bill Belichick himself as then head coach. So, it's not like the team was absolute garbage then, like they are now. They just needed a new stadium at that point. On November 6, 1995, Art Modell announced that he would be moving the team to Baltimore by 1996. This is the first time that Baltimore would have a team in over a decade, and there was a first-class stadium left vacant for the NFL season. After announcing the move on November 6th, on November 7th, the city of Cleveland approved the tax reform that Modell set forward to remodel Cleveland Stadium, but it was too late. The Browns were on their way to Baltimore. Almost all of the Cleveland investors quickly pulled out of the stadium, leaving the Browns with little to no ad revenue for their final games at home. That year, the Browns stumbled to the finish line, posting a record of 5-11. There were strenuous talks between the NFL, Browns staff, and the city of Cleveland and Baltimore. The settlement that all parties agreed on went a little something like this. Cleveland wanted to keep the Browns' legacy in Ohio. For some reason. I don't know why. They just wanted to keep decades of distraught. But they did. Cleveland was guaranteed another franchise by the 2000 season, meaning Browns fans wouldn't have to root for the Bengals for more than three years. This new Cleveland Browns franchise would either be a franchise moved from another city or an expansion team. In the end, Cleveland did end up getting an expansion franchise. But here's the part that makes no sense. All of the team's history, stats, archives, disappointments should have gone to Baltimore with the Ravens. But instead, they stayed in Cleveland. 
Think of it like this. When the Houston Oilers relocated to Nashville and became the Tennessee Titans, they carried over all of the team's history of blowing 32-point leads to the Buffalo Bills, financial assets, with them. But for some reason, when Cleveland relocated to Baltimore, they essentially changed their identity, creating a new team, but with an old roster. Baltimore was a great place for an NFL team. A beautiful stadium, loyal fans, but there was one problem. There was already a professional football team in Baltimore. And while they may not have been an NFL franchise, they weren't happy that some new kid on the block was encroaching on their city. The Baltimore Stallions were members of the Canadian Football League, but were ironically not in Canada. They were founded in 1994, but folded in 95 when the Browns started to receive all the attention announcing their move to Maryland. And in 1995, the Baltimore Stallions won the Grey Cup, which is essentially the Super Bowl for Canadian football, but with a way less cool name. Up until then, the Stallions had loyal support from football fans in Maryland, but their victory parade essentially went unnoticed after Modell announced the relocation of the Cleveland Browns. The CFL knew they wouldn't be able to compete with the NFL in the U.S., and unfolded three of its five U.S.-based teams. Nineteen ninety nine rolls around and the Cleveland Browns are back, baby. During the three year break from the NFL, the city of Cleveland was nice enough to build the Browns a new stadium to welcome them back, but they don't have familiar names on their roster because, you know, they all went to Baltimore. In fact, they don't have any names on their roster. Or coaches. That might be a problem. And this is where the expansion draft comes into play. The way the expansion draft works is in a draft like setting, the new franchise or expansion team gets to pick players from other teams to build their franchise around. With that being said, it's not like the Browns could just up and get guys like Terrell Owens and Kurt Warner, but instead every team could tag or protect a certain number of players on their roster, and those players that aren't protected by their franchise are fair game to be drafted by the new team. The new franchise also gets the first overall pick in the NFL draft to keep the league perfectly balanced as all things should be. Right, Thanos? With that pick, the Browns selected Courtney Brown, defensive end. Brown had a respectable six-year career spending his last year in Denver. He recorded 19 sacks, had eight forced fumbles, returning one for a touchdown. All in all, he was a key piece to rebuilding the Browns of the early 2000s, but he was never the face of the franchise that many were hoping for. Over to Baltimore, the year is now 2001, and guess who just won the Super Bowl? That's right, the Ravens. Imagine if the city of Cleveland just let Modell have what he wanted, or if Modell just waited one more day to move the team. We wouldn't be making fun of Cleveland as much as we do now. But, side note, could you imagine Ray Lewis in a Browns uniform? Yeah, I think I threw up a little bit, not gonna lie. Point being, this was the ultimate screw you to the city of Cleveland, as the Browns fans saw their former franchise obtain what their city never has. That year, the Browns finished 3-13, which, as we all know, is usual for that franchise.
In the early 2000s, the Modell family came face to face with their old demons as the Ravens started to face financial challenges. The once confident football pioneer Art Modell was struggling to make ends meet with the Baltimore Ravens. He made an agreement to sell 49% of the Ravens franchise to businessman Steve Biscotti. Biscotti had never bid on a sports franchise before and refused to give up any details about the transaction. By 2003, Modell had no choice but to sell the entire franchise to Steve Biscotti, who is now the current owner of the Baltimore Ravens. Modell later admitted that relocating the Browns to Baltimore had haunted him, and it would have been best to stay in Cleveland. Since the relocation, the Browns have made the playoffs once, losing in the first round of the playoffs to the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Ravens are clearly the better franchise, making a postseason appearance 12 times and bringing home two Lombardi trophies. Now, with Lamar Jackson at the helm, no one would be shocked if they bring home another one within the next few years. As for Cleveland, the roster is filled with talent. However, they continue to struggle to find success. Things are looking up for the Browns, but will it be enough? Only time will tell. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to listen to more, make sure you follow it on whatever platform you're listening on. If you would like to know more about me, you can follow my Instagram at BigRed underscore 15. Thank you for listening. My name is Daniel Schur, and this has been Move the Chains.